Well, hello, friends, and welcome to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry and podcast ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church located in Greenville, Texas. Now, in these few moments we spend together each week, you'll hear great and stirring interviews and powerful messages from the Word of God. But the reason for it all is so you can be touched by... Back again in studio today, Pastor Chet Haney with Austin Anderson on our His Mighty Hand radio broadcast. And uh, thank you for joining us again, Austin. It's good to have you. Absolutely. Glad to be back. You bet. And we're so thankful for the privilege to be here week after week on His Mighty Hand. And whether you may be listening on the radio or on a device of some kind or in your car, we're glad you joined us today. And we pray God will bless you with the conversation that we're about to have and that you also can be touched by his hand because his hand is a powerful, blessing, healing, mighty hand. And uh, I couldn't imagine life without the hand of God on us. We're, we're glad that you're... Uh, uh, here to learn about having God's hand on you as well. Now, Austin was telling us uh, last time as we visited about his background. And Austin, as we discussed previously, you know, being raised in a Christian home or being raised in a ministry environment doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to become a Christian or that you're going into the ministry because that has to be an individual decision, does it not? Yes, it does. Um and I got saved at an early age, uh, which is a lot earlier than a lot of my friends, uh, both previous and now. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people questioned me the, the first year or two after I got saved and said, well, did you really make that your personal decision or are you just following along your parents' footsteps? Because mm-hmm. traveling with them from the time I was born up until the time I got saved was just normal life for me, uh, which was quite opposite of a lot of the people around me. Um, but I, I attribute that fact to how the Lord was working in my life. Uh, he exposed me to that environment and really planted thoughts in my mind. Uh, his spirit moved in me in ways that, uh, I don't think a lot of people get to experience. Yeah. You know, I've heard people say, as I've been pastoring through the years, I don't have a very good testimony, which is kind of sad in a way, <laughs> because what they mean by that often is I've never been a drug dealer. You know, I've never cheated on my wife. Um, I've never robbed any banks or killed anyone. Therefore, I don't have a good testimony. And I want to say, wait a minute. You've got the best testimony of all. If God spared you from all of that and called you to be his servant, that is a good testimony. That's right. And I think the same thing is true uh, right this very moment, Austin, that you and I can be grateful, having been raised, both of us, in Christian homes, that God spared us uh, from some of the disasters that unfortunately a lot of people have to live in every day in this culture that we're living in right now. I'll tell you, I'm finding out more and more, uh, this culture is not friendly, uh, to faith and people struggle, um, with their families and with a lot of things. And 
I'm just so grateful that we have a chance to bring on this program a witness of encouragement to folks who, no matter whether you're raised in church or no matter whether you're, um, you know, not familiar with church at all, uh, there is a place for you in the kingdom uh, because of the grace of God. Right. Can you just kind of speak to that and uh, share with us how it is that a person becomes a Christian? Absolutely. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I came to know Christ at a very early age. Right. Um, and I attribute that to the great teaching by example that I had uh, mm. with parents as evangelists. My grandfather is a preacher. Yeah. Every day was a sermon for me. Man. Uh, yeah. But it, it really spoke to me, and the Spirit of God just moved in my life. And looking back now, I I realize all this. But yeah. Of course, I didn't fully grasp what was happening to me at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you're around that kind of environment and example, uh, it's a lot easier to get your mindset glued to what's going on mm-hmm. than if you're floating about day-to-day life, jumping from here to there. Right. Uh, there's a lot of distractions that pull you away. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, um, as I think about your dad and your mother, and really I think the most time I spent with them just to have conversation with them for a few moments was at the wedding recently. You got married on a Monday, which I found out is a wonderful day to have a wedding. Because you guys had a beautiful wedding on a Monday not so long ago. And I could just sense, talking to your mom and dad, that they're very genuine people. Very joyful and very genuine. Was that, is that an accurate assessment? It is. Uh, pretty much every day. Yeah. Uh, that's just them. I was going to venture a uh, observation and see if you could back it up for me that I bet they as evangelists were the same people at home as they were on some church platform somewhere. Very much so. Yeah, I could, I could see that. And that's a blessing for you because you got to see that for them, Jesus is real and uh, he's become real in your life as well. Hasn't he? Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us, um, about your individual call to ministry. You've told us how God dealt with you in, in a personal way. And, uh, God did not take it for granted that you were going to become a Christian just because you were in a Christian home. He, he reached out to you and, and touched your heart on an individual basis. Um, but what about this call to ministry? How did that, uh, how did that shake down? Yeah, so uh, from early on through my senior year of high school, traveling on the road every week was pretty much normal. Yeah. Uh, and I, I jumped in, got involved in the ministry. I was singing, playing bass guitar, picking nice. up a couple other things. And uh, it got time for me to go to college. Mm-hmm. And I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do because ministry had been my whole life. Right. So, uh I didn't want to stop doing that. Right. So I was thinking about some things and just praying for direction. And uh, the summer before I went to college, I got invited uh, to go to a Christian camp with some 
ministry friends of ours uh-huh. as a chaperone for their youth group. Right. This was the Gotel camp. That, it is yeah, Gotel yeah. uh, put on by Rick Gage. Rick is a friend of mine. Yeah, I went to that one in uh, Nacogdoches, I believe, at uh-huh. SFA. Yeah. And the third night of that camp, uh, the speaker for the evening uh, presented the call to come forward, but not only for salvation or rededication, mm-hmm. but to surrender your life to the ministry. Wow. And just clear as day, yeah. the Spirit of God came over me in my mind and said, that's you. You need wow. to go. And I looked around because I thought somebody was talking to me. Wow. Uh, and nobody was there. And I heard it again. I was like, okay, God. <laughs> and so I went forward not really knowing, okay, what area of ministry am I going into? I, I guess music. That's all I've ever done. So that's what I went to college for. I got my associates in music uh, from Jacksonville College and then moved on to ETBU. Started in music again, uh, and that's when I found out that my calling can change. Uh, yeah. <laughs> switch my major my second year in because uh, I felt my, my passion changing and uh, the pull on my life changing. And really it was not until my last semester of my bachelor's degree, uh, I took a class called Calling and Practice of Ministry, uh, which was just for an elective. Yeah. And I really didn't know why I picked it for my schedule, but the Lord had a plan for why I picked it for my schedule. He used that class. We were studying the calling on your life. Uh, and the Lord really worked in me that wow. entire semester. And I finally figured out around the time of wrapping up the class and moving towards graduation, my real pull and my passion for ministry is not only through uh, the worship ministry of music, uh, but through media, which is what my degree wound up being, is uh, digital worship media, a mass comm degree. Uh, and then I, I also have worked with uh, the past year in my master's program towards church administration. Sweet. So I've really felt a, a threefold pull uh, yeah. on my life in just the past short two, three years, mm-hmm. and it's really been my calling taking shape. Yeah. You know, that speaks to the blessing of Christian higher education. Because I dare say if you had gone to A&M or Tech, you would not have had a class on the calling and passion of ministry. So yes. So what you said it was calling and practice, of calling ministry. and practice of ministry. That's a pretty select um, offering that probably had a department head and a teacher who prayed together that what went on in that class would be more than just academic. Yes. And uh, you uh, are an answer to their prayer, I'm sure. And what a blessing for that teacher somewhere out there to know that God used him uh, to touch your life in a way that you really didn't know was going to happen as such because you just needed to fill out your schedule and took this class. I don't think I'll try this. And wow, God God spoke to your heart. Isn't it funny how God does that? Now, Austin, if you would come back one additional time, please, I want to ask you to share with us your vision for where you see God going in the future. 
in your life and also in the life of our church. That'd be all right. Thank you so much, Austin Anderson, for coming in today for the His Mighty Hand radio broadcast. And thank you for listening. And now here's the host of His Mighty Hand, Pastor Chet Haney. Now he's talking to the disciples. And he says to the disciples, I am so glad for your sakes that I hang back. I stayed back because now... You're going to have an opportunity to enter into an unbelievable belief. And I'm happy for you. As a matter of fact, did you know this causes joy in heaven? Every time someone becomes a confirmed, bona fide believer in Jesus, there is rejoicing in heaven. And Jesus is happy about this. I'm glad for your sakes that you have learned to believe in me, that you have learned to trust me, that you have learned that you can count on me. It may not be in your time. It may not be on your terms. But, but brother, you can believe in me. That's what makes Jesus happy. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. In your life, whatever else you do, Learn to do this. Learn to make Jesus happy. And I tell you, the best way to do it is by developing your faith. What makes Jesus happy is when you take that faith that's been given to you and you establish it a little more firmly by sinking the roots down a little bit deeper. What makes Jesus happy is when you take your fledgling Christianity and allow it to bloom and to blossom and to take root and to bear fruit because you're abiding in him. That's what makes him happy. I'm glad, Jesus said, because I want you to be able to believe. Isn't that funny that he said that to the disciples? What does that say to us? I don't see I can say anything else but this. That even among the disciples, there were some who were still struggling a bit with belief. And one of them is about to be identified. And we'll see him later. We call him the doubter. Doubting Thomas. That's who it is. Look how the Bible uh, represents him here. Nevertheless, let us go to him, Jesus said, And then who spoke up but Thomas? And Thomas here reveals himself just as he did after the resurrection to be what I'm going to call today a man of strong opinions. Have you ever met somebody who has strong opinions? Are are you sitting by that person now on your couch at home? (laughs) A person of strong opinions? You know, sometimes people of strong opinions can be classified and described as often wrong, but never in doubt. Strong opinions. And the person of strong opinions will let you know how they feel. You don't have to ask them. They'll tell you. That's how Thomas was. In fact, Thomas is put out with Jesus in this verse They've been trying to tell Jesus not to go back to Judea. They've been trying to tell Jesus of the danger of those who want to stone him there. They've been trying to tell Jesus, look, Jesus, don't you remember when they picked up those stones and they were about to throw them at you? 
They feel like they've protected Jesus by bringing him back to Galilee in relative obscurity because those people in Jerusalem, in Judea, are bad dudes and they're mad dudes. And we don't need to go there. Well, obviously Jesus was set in his mind on going back. And so almost in frustration, you can hear it in his voice, in his words here. Thomas, who's called the twin, says to his fellow disciples, Well, let us go also that we may die with him. Can I tell you something about strong opinions? It's not necessarily a bad thing if you have strong opinions and convictions and you know what you think about things, provided that these two things are true. Number one, can you reserve judgment in your opinions until the miracle is through rising and Jesus is ready to reveal what he intended to do all along? Because if you don't, guess what may happen? You might get cooked in the squat. If you are so insistent on putting yourself forward, you know, come high water or Hades, that you don't really care what people, I've heard people say this as though it's a compliment. Well, you don't have to ask me what I think because I'll tell you. Like that's a badge of some kind of honor for the believer. Well, it's really not. Uh, the, The Bible says even a fool is thought to be wise if he keeps his mouth shut. Listen, take your strong opinions and let them filter through the process of God's timing and revert, uh, excuse me, reserve your judgment until you know all the facts of what God is trying to do. You'll be glad you waited. And then number two, I would say this to a person of strong opinions, and I, I definitely qualify for this. I, I know of what I speak because I are one. A person of strong opinions needs to learn the grace to admit it when we're wrong. And to be able to say, you know what, I'm sorry. Could you please forgive me? I, I, was, I was wrong. I had to do this many times with my daughters growing up. Because I was kind of a strong father figure. I was the man in the house. I said, if God needed more man in this house, he'd have given us more. I'm not surrounded by all these women, you know, and uh, truthfully, it wasn't funny when I uh, suspiciously, you know, I called it discernment, but sometimes it was just suspicion. And uh, I would, uh, you know, falsely um, accuse my daughters of something that wasn't even true. And when I realized that my strong opinions had backed me into a corner, I had to say something like this to my girls when they were teenagers. You know what? Dad was dead wrong. And I am so sorry. I'm sorry that I doubted you and I was wrong. And I want to ask you to forgive me. And thank God, every time I can remember, they were so merciful and so gracious. Oh, Dad, it's okay. And they'd give me a big hug and, and we'd go on. It's very important for a strong opinion 
uh, to learn to wait on the Lord. The Bible says in verse 17, when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Wow. We're going to see when we get back to this, as we enter into the next scene, it's very much like a family night visitation at the funeral home. Everybody in town has come out. Everybody's just torn up about Lazarus. He's obviously so well thought of in the community. Everybody loved him. It's almost like the the people in Bethany can't imagine the world without Lazarus. And they're just torn up about it. And uh, now... Jesus is ready to do something. May I say this, Highland Terrace, to our church family, as we stand at the precipice of a new day in our church, and as we get ready to come out of this COVID thing, and hopefully, can I just say, I sure would like to get rid of my mask forever. (laughs) I'm so tired of wearing that mask. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I've got it here. I'll put it back on in a minute. Um, you know, we, we have been through a lot as a church family. All those things I mentioned before. But can I tell you this? Recently, Pastor Lawan and Demi and his pregnant wife in Nigeria. Can I tell you what they went through? He was beheaded by the uh, Boko Haram an Islamic nationalist uh, murderous gang. Um, In China, there's a pastor, a fine pastor named Dr. Wang Yi, Y-I. Dr. Yi recently was sentenced by the Chinese authorities to nine years in prison. And his crime was the same as Pastor and Demi. You know what they were both accused of? They were both accused of absolute, total faithfulness to Christ, and they would not renounce their faith, even when threatened with imprisonment or death. Wow. Doesn't that put a little different spin and perspective? on what we've been through as a church. Uh, Aren't we just kind of blessed, Brother Pharaoh? We were talking about this a moment ago. How blessed we are, and we don't even know it. Spoiled, rotten, really. We've, We've never really suffered as a people. Not at all. But our brothers in this world have suffered terrible persecutions. And somehow, even through that, you look up, And you see the windows of heaven opened. And you see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of God. And what is he doing? He's smiling. He's smiling when he sees your faithfulness, even in the midst of the worst kinds of trouble. Because you believe. And you trust God. And you're waiting on the Lord. And you're solid. Established. Firm in your faith, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. That's what makes Jesus happy, is a faith that can stand the test of tribulation and difficulty. 
and just stay solid and strong. That's what I want to invite you to do today is to make Jesus happy. As we bow together, those of us who are here involved in the recording of today's service, I want all of us to bow our hearts and heads and eyes before the Lord. And I just pray for that person listening today who wonders, could I make Jesus happy? Let me tell you, you can. You can make Jesus so happy today. As a matter of fact, you can begin what the Bible describes as a joyous celebration in the presence of angels of God in heaven today. Well, how would I do that? Pretty simple. You do that by believing. Jesus said, I'm doing all this so that you can believe. And he wasn't finished yet. He would finally go through a terrible ordeal of a trial and get scourged and get sentenced to death on the cross. And he would die on the cross for this one passion so that you could be a believer in him. So that you could receive forgiveness for your sins and become a believer in Jesus. That's what makes Jesus happy. The things that we think cause happiness are so shallow by comparison. Jesus can make you happy for eternity because life after death is real. Eternity is real. And I don't know when your appointment with eternity is coming. It could be today, couldn't it? You don't know for sure that you're going to make it through the rest of this day and neither do I. But here's one thing we can know. We're ready. And if you want to believe in Jesus today, then I want to ask you today to say so to the Lord. And I'm going to help you right now. In fact, we're going to bow together in prayer right now. And I want all the people who want to say, Lord, I believe. If you want to become a believer in Jesus today, then I'm going to ask you to pray with me and just to mean it from your heart right now. And then in a moment, we're going to ask you to do something after you've prayed. But first of all, join me now as we say this to God. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the gift of faith and for making it possible for me to believe without any shadow of doubt. I believe in you, Lord. I trust you. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins on the cross and rose from the grave. And I believe you're sitting by the Father God right now at his right hand in heaven. Just say that to the Lord right now. I believe this. And because I believe this, Lord, I believe and I trust that you are able to take away my sins and to change me from the inside out, to make me a new person. Lord, all this stuff that I'm going through is really nothing compared to this. I want you to be my Savior. 
I want you to be my life. You are the resurrection and the life. And I believe in you. Amen. Now, right now, if you just prayed that prayer and you mean it, best you know how you mean it. It's from the heart. It's sincere. It's real. Here's what I want you to do so that we can know about it and encourage you and pray for you, help you, set you up to take the next step as a disciple, as a believer. I want you to text us right now. Here's the number. 903-355-8027. Text us at that number and say, I believe. And we'll know that you, uh, we'll, we'll know what you mean by that. Because you were listening and you, you received this message and you received the Lord as your Savior today. You gave your life to Him. I believe. Send that to 903-355-8027. And we look forward to following up with you very soon. Thanks for listening today to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church located on Joe Ramsey Boulevard right here in Greenville, Texas. Join us each week at this time as we celebrate His work in our lives through 